Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Buff Nation! Let's go. Let's go Buffs. Let's go, baby. Welcome into DMVR Buffs Primetime. We are presented by the wonderful Illegal Pete's. Everyone's go-to spot for burritos, buddies, mm. and beers. And we brought him back. It's Mr. Matt Thursday. McChesney. Yeah. It is Thursday. What's up? On the last show I was on, I was sitting next to Alexis Perry, and I felt like that made me look very large. <laughs> Somehow, in the last hour, I've shrunk. You shrunk. Well, I will say that she's probably smarter and way better looking than me, so that was probably cool, but... Other than that, you know, <laughs> at least I make everybody look small. That's good. We don't even have even a, the chair. This yeah, is a we don't have wide. the couch for you today. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm stuffed in the uh, the kids' chair. Actually, this chair is built for grown adults. But yeah, this is a nice. It is nice a nice size. chair. It is. It's like almost like a first class seat. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's still a little tight. <laughs> These things happen, man. I when I went to Game One of the Nuggets Lakers oh, or yeah. the Nuggets Heat, I got. We were up in the third row with me and my sons, and I went up there and tried to sit in the seat, and my fat ass didn't fit in the seat at all. So I got upgraded, though. That was cool. Yeah, it's even worse if you're at the area where it curves. There's even, like, oh, less man. space. I'm so glad I didn't go to the curve. Yeah, no, I, le- I I mean, I cur- left with, like, bruises on, on my hips. You get bruised hips? Squeeze in there. <laughs> curve was on the left. I didn't see that part. But, yeah, the I got upgraded to, like, a folding chair. So my fatness became like a disability. (laughs) So that was it was cool, man. I got free seats. Hell yeah. Oh man. How'd the bye week treat you? How you feeling about this team now a week after the Stanford loss? Um I'm 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 angry. Two weeks after. I'm angry. I mean, it's a missed opportunity. And I'm really, really hoping that the team feels the same way. And based on everything I've seen and heard they do. Um I tried to get over it and I just can't. I can't get over it. We need another game really bad. Yeah. We need not only do we need a game, we need a dub. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that this is a tough test going to the Rose Bowl, but you know, it's it's not an impossible one. I mean, let's just be real. This team is not unbeatable. They've lost twice. Yep. And there's definitely holes that they're gonna try and exploit and and we can try and exploit. So it's it's about look, I said this to Jake when he walked in. But is anybody else on the team going to match Shador and Travis and like the receivers? The rec- it's like off and on with the receivers, but Shador, Travis, and Ten are and Horn are pretty much the most consistent, right? Mm-hmm. If you had to guess, <clears throat> and, and and I would, Who as much would as I love Jimmy, I, I would just keep it to so just two, twelve, and ten. Two, yep. twelve, and ten. Okay, so two, twelve, and ten are playing first team All Pac twelve ball well, or All American bowl, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I do have to put my guy Cam in there. The only difference is he doesn't get to play every snap like those guys okay. do. Okay, um, so, but I so feel, four guys that are playing at an elite level. And then, I, well, elite is different. Well, okay, but. For me, it's like. Okay, how about let this? Me just, let me just. Victory club football then, like we had back in the day where you're playing above 80% grade out. Yes. Remember how we had the yeah. stickers on the back of our helmets back in the day? Yep. Those were victory club stickers. If you graded out at 80%, you made victory club. Yeah, so, like, there's a few guys, and it's all just semantics of how you want to define. It's like, like I said, I would put Cam. Um, Shiloh, to me, has been a consistent performer. That's a good um, call. Omari and Cooper has been consistent. Outside of Stanford. Outside of Stanford. And, and everyone has one, I think. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Everybody has terrible games. Yeah. Like, Zay didn't have his best game no against USC. Game. He was coming off a sprained ankle. Um, so, 
to me, like it's similar to a conversation we had last week about the core. Um, but I would say this. If you put the the uh, cap at all conference level performers, then I think you might be down to two to twelve and ten. And if I need the rest of the team to try and elevate for the next five, that's the goal here, and that's what you hear from all the coaches, from Coach Lewis's speech to Coach Brewster to Coach Prime, everybody, all the players that have talked. We need to win. This is not the way we perform because this has been like, it's been kind of a trend, unfortunately. As well as they played at the beginning of the year, that was a trend. And then they hit hard times at Oregon and they started slow against SC and finished strong but still lost. The Arizona State game I thought was an underachievement, but they won a game, obviously, so that's great. But then to finish it with Stanford and not be 5-2 and two going into the bye, I think it might be the best thing that ever happened to this team, honestly, and the best thing that could happen to Coach Prime. I, I said this earlier on the show when we, you know, early in the season, but they'll they'll lose to somebody they're not supposed to, Stanford, and they're going to beat somebody they're not supposed to, and that's going to be either UCLA or Oregon State, in my opinion. I think they're going to beat Washington State, and I think they can beat Arizona. So I'm looking for seven wins still, and if that's not the way people are thinking, then I. I I look at this schedule, and I think the Utah game is not – I don't think we can go to Salt Lake City. I was there for the opener and, and win. I don't think we can do that. I mean, we ranked it as the hardest game remaining. Um, so it is, I, I wouldn't is going to be a real tough one. I am of the belief that anytime uh, two is taking snaps for your team, you've got a chance to you win. you got a chance. So okay. I'm not going to ever say that they don't have a chance, but I did. we did rank it as the hardest remaining game. So yeah, But the other that. four – I, I don't look at these other four games and, like, shake in my boots. The last time Oregon State came to Folsom, they were ranked and lost, period. It's, that's a fact. With a much worse football team, let's just be real. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, the, the trip to UCLA, this is a defining moment in Coach Prime's tenure here. Like, how is your team going to respond after being embarrassed on national TV with a 10-day break, you know, the – the Nugget game was awesome the other night, seeing everybody get love. Obviously, the respect factor for Shador and Travis specifically is through the roof, and it should be. You know, Uncle Nelly talking yesterday Neely. about – or Neely, whatever. <laughs> Again, names. It's – he's saying they're superstars, and he's right. Yeah, they are. I mean, they're bona fide <clears throat> superstars, and the superstars need to take everybody else on the team, and I don't care if it's nice. Like, I don't give a shit about nice right now. But Travis Hunter and Shador specifically have to have to look at everybody else on that team and say, pick your shit up. So who's the player that joins them? Who's the player that you guys would pick that has to join that club that would... The offensive line, all five. One player. Okay. Uh, tank. <laughs> Neely hates when we do that to him, too. <laughs> I know. Tank. But two players. Tank. tank, Tank, and Wells. Okay. Okay. And if those, because if those two with with, with Savion coming back, yep. and gonna and gonna play right tackle, God knows how the guards are gonna rotate or play, but I know that Tank and Wells are going to be there. And if those two can just elevate their level, because they're both professional football players, I mean, Tank will probably be an undrafted guy because he's so damn big and stiff and long. But you can't teach that kind of length, and he can you, with that frame, you can really develop into a good pro. And I, I think that the Wells might be the best center in the country when it comes around to his, his day to be drafted. So if you have that in you right now, and Savion's a pro, and Coach Prime's the one who said it. Yep. And I've been saying it, and to hear him validate it just makes me think that I'm right even more. <laughs> so it, it's if they've got three potential NFL football players on their offensive line, well, damn it, can we act like it? So would you say who would you say is the best offensive lineman on the team right now? Is it Van? I don't want to answer this question. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I don't. I don't. I, I, okay. I don't think any of them are good enough to say right now that any of them are the best. Okay. If any one of them's like, I'm the best alignment, I'm like, so you're the best alignment on a shit unit? Like, and, and look, you got to understand too, everybody out here in Buffland, if you think I'm too critical, Man, you don't know me at all. This isn't. This ain't shit. I've toned it down a ton. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you pick? One Ryan? thing that uh, 
you can always say about Matt is that he's going to give you his honest take. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that about you. You know where I learned that? Where? The University of Colorado <laughs> from Gary Barnett and Chris Wilson. Yeah. That's the way we operated, bro. There was no time for any bullshit. And if you didn't do your, this is the thing that I think is lacking in Boulder. And then I'll let you get to your point. Sorry. No. If you fucked up back in the day when I was there, back, back in the day, you got replaced in like two reps, bro. Like it was, oh, you made that mistake. We told you not to do that. Do it again. And they like encourage you to do it again so they could put the other guy in. Yeah. Well, and and we you would lose your job in a week. Yep. Well, when we saw that, we've seen that happen a little bit this year. Oh, uh, and that's, that's Coach Prime. But is he replacing school. him, replacing the other guy with just another guy? Or are you replacing the other guy with another NFL player? Well, and, and we've seen it kind of go both ways. Um, uh, the perfect example of the positive one is Omarion Miller. Javon Antonio having a really rough game. Yep. Coach Prime says, fine, I'll play the kid. The kid goes out and puts Balls. up 200 yards and a half. Yep. Balls. Um, so that, you know, that's that side. And then uh, you saw it la last game against Sanford where I still don't know exactly what happened, but Omari and Cooper did something wrong on the first Stanford touchdown drive. Coach Prime was yelling at him on the sidelines, and then he clearly did it wrong again on the next drive, and he was out for the rest of the game. Yep. Carter Stoutmeyer had to go in. He obviously did not perform well, uh, and that was part of the story of the Buffs losing that game. So we've seen both sides. Um, but I appreciate, you know, and you, you hear it a lot from the players, consistency from Coach Prime. Mm -hmm. He is so consistent with the way that he operates. If he says he's going to do something, he, he does, does it. it. And if he tells you, if you don't do this, you're not playing anymore, and you don't do it, you, you ain't don't. playing. If you're late to the meetings, you're not playing. So uh, that is one of those things where, like, a coach has to stand on uh, his principles. And I think <laughs> in the Stanford game, it actually hurt us. Uh, but it's that's because this isn't about the Stanford game. This is about building a culture. And that's, um, that's the point, bro. Like, that's, that's such a great point. It's all about culture, right? If you lose a game because you have to take out a great player because he won't listen to you, well, okay, we lost the game. Yep. But I'm not going to lose And then everyone a, learns a lesson. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to lose a season. I'm not going to lose the next game if he won't do his job. There's nothing, there's nothing on this earth worse than a talented individual that can't get out of their own head. Yep. And like yep. that doesn't think they need to improve and doesn't think that they need to do things right and doesn't think that they can fix things. And like it, you're looking at Coach Deion Sanders, like, and you're going to, like, that was the thing about the, the Stoudemire thing, right? Yep. Stoudemire. Stoudemire yeah. again, whatever. <laughs> He's, at least, I, you know, I hate you guys, bro. You know who I'm talking about, though. You do know who yeah. everybody knows hey, who I'm talking about. I do it about, to right? Jake, too. So yeah. it's yeah. not just you and uh, Neely. But even him, like, having the audacity to, like, look back at him and talk. Like, that that needs to be handled not by Coach Prime. That needs to be handled by the players. Yeah. And and it's a teacher. I guarantee you, during the span of 10 days, we see clips. You guys are there at practice a lot. I mean, it's. I guarantee you, the last 10 days were super physical. Coaches were on guys' asses. Yeah. Like, there is zero F around up in Boulder right now because this – Again, this game, the importance of this UCLA game, and the, the beauty of this is UCLA thinks they are just going to shit stomp us. Everybody right, so thinks that. Everybody thinks that. Yeah. The point spread says it. You know, I, there's, there's many players out at UCLA that there's a lot of transfer portal guys. I'm not going to sit here and, like, go just do your research, who are pretty confident that they're going to shit stomp us. Mm -hmm. And that that kind of mindset is the same shit that I heard TCU at TCU yep. exactly. Yep. And it's the same shit I heard with the Nebraska people that, oh, we're not TCU. We're gonna come into Boulder and you know shove it down your throat. And I'm like, oh well, that's first of all that's ugh, and then second <laughs> of all, how'd that taste? Yeah. So you know, like this is <clears throat> when when CU's backspin against the wall, they've actually responded pretty well with the exception of Oregon. So. I'd, I'd expect them to go out and fight their ass off in this game and play really hard. And if UCLA takes them lightly, they're going to lose. God, I hope they do. Who are and, you? And this is the last time we play these yep. sons of bitches. I, I really don't like them at all. We played them twice in college when I played them. Yep. 
And this, the, it was known then, and it's, I think it's known now, that UCLA is soft. They've always been soft. And if we punch you in the mouth repeatedly over and over again, you'll quit. And I know that about all of you. All of you. <laughs> I love it. RK, who do you pick as the player that needs to join the top tier for them to get this dub? Hmm. I'm between a couple, but I am going to say Bishop Thomas. That's it. That's what I was going to say, too. Um, and so I was it was somewhere along the front that I was going to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Jordan Dominic, but then I thought uh, he's more of a pass rusher. This is more of a stop the run game. Um, and then I came down to Shane Cokes or Bishop Thomas. Um, and I need to see more from both of them. Yep. Um, but I went with Bishop just cause he's the younger and I think slightly more talented player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love those guys. Uh, Bishop is one hell of a personality. Yep. Um, you know, it's clear coach prime loves him. It's clear his teammates love him. Um, and I feel the same way about Shane. Like, you know, we've had Shane on the show. He's such a cool dude, incredibly intelligent, very talented, very smart. I need more from both. I need more from both. Uh, I, I want to leave a game saying, wow, yeah, Shane was great. Wow, Bishop was great. I haven't done it yet. Yep. Uh, and, and that's just me being honest. Uh, and I think both of them are capable of it. So that's uh, I'll pick Bishop. And just say, like, not only do I want to see you play well against the run, because they're going to try to hit you with power run with Carson Steele. Um, well, they're going to. They're not going to try anything. They are going to hammer the football. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they want to do. So you, I need you there, and I want to see some interior pressure on passing downs yep. so desperately. Well, it, it's a massive problem. And yeah. I played three technique there, and it, it's, it's a powerful position on a defense. When you're a good three technique and you can really disrupt the backfield, they can't step up in the pocket. They can't do anything. And our our pocket our pocket pressure and the face (laughs) pressure is awful. We don't have anybody hitting the quarterback in the chin. So I can't see the the TV screen. So Uh, shout out to our guy Jacob Polite. Jacob Uh, Polite, who's on the team, he's a long snapper. He commented, "RK was going to say me, but that's too obvious." (laughs) (laughs) That's my guy. Um, I was going to say Bishop, too, just because, as you mentioned, I mean, this is going to be a game where they need to control or try to control UCLA's run game. They need some tackles for a loss. They need penetration to the backfield. But on the other side of the ball, Dylan Edwards has to be Dylan Edwards mm. that we saw against TCU. Yep. You need that dynamic threat out of the backfield. Uh, you know, you got to get the running game going, and we know where his strengths are. It's not necessarily running between the tackles, but you got to get that guy more opportunities in space and just give him opportunities to break one. He does it all the time in practice. I mean, those Still type of plays. Still calling him every day, Dylan. They, that changes the game. Like 80, 70-yard runs that oh, you yeah. don't even have to score. Like, it just flips the field. Bro, I'm telling you, I've been having this premonition about a wheel route. Yeah? I think it's going to happen this <laughs> week. Right. I think they're going to hit the wheel route this week. Just got to protect it. I don't mean to hate on this, but how are you supposed to run in between the tackles if you can't block anybody? And then... Of course he's going to break plays in practice. He's running against our defensive front. But go look at how he was used in T- in, at TCU. Like, passes that, into the that's, flats. That's true. That's uh, true. What RK saying, get him on some wheels. Like, line him in the slot if you need to. Did you did you see the play that Utah ran against SC where they pitch-peeled the freshman defensive end on the back and he ran the wheel route and hit him in the flat for a touchdown? Yep. That's the kind of offensive creativity you're talking about. Yeah. So, and look, I that's agree need. that, that needs, to, that needs to happen, but it's the difference is Utah runs the ball for seven yards a clip. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's you have to walk the safety up. You have to do that in order to stop them. And, and look, again, it may seem like I'm hating, and, and maybe I am because I hate when I'm watching because I think we're better than this. So I think the players are better. I think the coaches are better. I think the culture is better. I, everything's improved tenfold. And when you have superstars on your football team, they should elevate everybody. And the last 10 days hopefully taught that. And, and that, that's all I'm saying. Yep. And there's two ways that that can go with superstars. Um, they can elevate everyone, and everyone can say, oh, that's what it looks like to be him. Or you can, you know, to use a basketball term, you can be ball watching and just be like, well, Shador's going to save us. Shador and, and Travis are to, 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 to the rescue. Yep, and that's what I talked about before the Stanford game. That was my concern with this team. We you know we talked about identity, and I said the identity of this team is 
save us Shador. And we saw what happened. Shador makes one bad decision. Like, really the only bad decision he's made the whole season. Yep. And they lose. Not because of that, but in the end, when you are when you put all of your eggs into one basket and then he makes a bad decision, you lost the game. Yep. Um, so they just have to... Hopefully, that was a realization moment for everyone that's like, okay, it can't always just be Shador, 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 save us Shador, or Travis the same way. You know, Travis is another guy that's just like, well, if he's out there, we're good. And then Travis gets beat, and you lose. Um, so... Hopefully every guy looked themselves in the mirror and said, okay, I got to do my part uh, so that it's not all on those guys' shoulders. Let me ask you a question, both of you and, and everybody uh, watching. How do you feel about not letting the defense play first during overtime? That's the second time we've seen it. First time it worked, second time it didn't. Yeah. Um, I, I understand Coach Prime's philosophy on it. The, uh, especially, the defense is so leaky we can't put them back on the field? It's like... It doesn't help you if you don't get the stop. Oh, no, it sucks. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing worse than playing defense first and giving up a touchdown. You just walk off the field like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, the pressure's, Game's over. the pressure's already all on the offense already anyways. Why would you put even more by having them watch the defense go out exactly. there and give up a touchdown right off but the bat? It's supposed to most of the time, it's supposed to motivate the defense. I would put the defense out first, but I, I also am not the head coach. Yeah, it just, I mean... And both overtimes were like, they weren't six to three overtimes. Yeah. They were like 40-point overtime games, so <laughs> he's got a point. Yeah, and, and in the end, a lot of the decisions in for a head coach come down to trust, right? Um, do you trust the players to get this done? And in those moments, I just don't think Coach Ryan trusted the defense, and they hadn't done anything in the Stanford game. They hadn't done anything for 30 minutes. To make him think that they were going to do it in in mm -hmm. the CSU game, they hadn't done anything for sixty minutes that that uh, made him think they were going to get it done. It's crazy so. that they played so poorly for sixty minutes and won, and played so great for thirty and lost. I know it's a crazy sport. Yeah, it's to why go, I love it so much. <laughs> to go back to Bishop too, though, I wouldn't be opposed to having him get like five to ten offensive snaps a game. Just to help you run the ball, or even we saw what he could do uh, if he's. I'm pretty sure that's the only formation that we've seen in the playbook where they get under center. So why don't so we do I, it? I would we like should. No, well, that's what he's saying. Like, let's bring out, let, play Bishop, ten offensive snaps, and run that Rick Ross. Yeah, package. put just, uh, Shane Cokes and Bishop in there if you. It's a fourth and two or whatever. And how about first and ten? Well, I would love that too. Just walk I mean, I don't know if we're smash face formation and see if you can do it. I don't, how long can you do that though with those guys being out there? Because then we're how, getting the Travis territory if they're playing. Well, Travis, Travis will be in isolate. Okay, so move him. Don't put Travis as jet wide receiver. Why? No, is not Travis. Travis no, no. Bishop and Shane. If you want them out there on first and ten, you're going to need them more than one first and ten. Yeah. Okay. So I, keep playing. I, I'm, so Travis Hunter is the only guy that can play both ways. He's everyone's not, no, on, everyone's they, on the same stretch. They are playing both ways. Not He's enough. just saying you can't do it. Travis Hunter is going to be able to do it more than just about anyone yes. in the country. Well, um, that's facts. Uh, look, I don't think you can run 22 personnel every play, but no, here, here's what I'll you say definitely is, can do it a lot. Sure. I think you need an answer to this that isn't Shane Cokes and Bishop Thomas yeah, playing offense. That's true. Tight ends. But we don't we have, don't have any. Come doing. Extra offensive linemen, well, they're bad athletes. I would put out maybe yeah. Kareem Harden or someone like that. Um and have a jumbo package or just you know or just man up and go play 12 extra snaps on offense i think they those i mean those guys would absolutely, absolutely say sign me up yeah. like anytime i get to run full speed at someone else and that's my job i'm in yeah that's a great job yeah all this just highlights the loss of tyler brown man yeah and you that could also maybe shit by the way it is it you is. could also maybe play um savion wilkerson a little bit of uh fullback why not? Yeah, he's massive, right? He is built like a brick shit house, that's for sure. And just to go back to Stanford real quick, we only saw it, I think, for like one drive in the third quarter, where they went with two back sets with Hankerson and Dylan. Like we need, we just need more than just going in eleven personnel, four five wide, on offense because I know that's their identity at this point. But you got to mix it up a bit more, I think. I, I think Lewis will. He's going to have to because it it's working to a point. But it, it also has its deficiencies. And when it stopped, it's really hard to run the ball out of 10 and 11 personnel consistently. Yep. 
It's really, especially when, no offense to two, but he's not the most fleet of foot. When he's when he's pulling on that zone read, they they don't respect him the way you respect Caleb Williams and guys that can run at a higher clip. He started running more last week or yeah, Stanford. And I also think there's a part of that too that's not as much on on Shador's ability and more on the way he's the been scheme. coached. Yeah. yeah. Which is don't run and get killed. If you get hurt, the season's over. The season's over. <laughs> yeah. Well, then they should protect him better cuz he's the highest sacked quarterback in football. So that that we yeah. can all agree on. All right, shout out to Kind Love. Uh fully integrated seed to sale. They breed their own genetics, control the grow process and packaging you can get your hands on the dmvr immaculate vibes joint pack they also have their entire turbo joint line you can buy the inserts or the pre-rolls um they got their their get it while top flower shelf eights for 20 bucks out the door and ounces for 100 out the door visit one of their stores in cherry creek or north denver mention dmvr and receive the dmvr exclusive discount of 25 percent off all kind love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line including the dmvr immaculate vibes line as well Visit their website at kindlove.com. Use that code DMVR for online ordering in their full extensive menu. Then shout out to MSU Denver. Turn your goals into greatness at MSU Denver. Courses are available online, in person, or both. We have a few people here at DMVR that have gotten their degree through MSU Denver. Uh, spring 2024 applications are open now. You can create your own career and turn your dreams into reality at MSU Denver. 90 plus majors and 10 graduate programs. Uh, with courses online, in person, or both. Learn more at msudenver.edu. All right. Okay. Let's get deeper into this game because I feel like it's a pretty interesting dynamic where it's strength versus strength, really, in this game. Colorado's offense, we already just talked about how they're really the identity of the team. UCLA has one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, do we feel that that matchup is more important than the other side of the ball where it's Colorado's defense versus UCLA or UCLA's offense? Well, I, I feel like... Colorado's defense can get some stuff if they stop the run. If they can hold UCLA to, I don't know, three yards, three and a half yards carry, I know that's a big ass, but they, I, I'm talking about moving the defensive line and running the linebackers over the top and really run blitzing and bringing your nickel corner and really trying to stop it, forcing the quarterback to beat you, I think they have a chance. But it, it, I think it's all on the offensive execution. Like if they don't score points in this game – and put some pressure on an unbelievably good UCLA defense, then there's, it's it will be it's it's ugly, mm-hmm. and period. Because unfortunately, I think Colorado will give up some points. I think so too, and I'm, I don't know. I look at UCLA has gener or not generated. They've uh, created turnovers or forced turnovers. They've turned the ball over a lot. Is what I'm trying to say. Forced. So, I think that that's an opportunity for that side of the ball, but. Again, this offense is just... This is going to be one of their toughest tests of the season. It's going to be like the Oregon game, I think, or could be, in terms of the pressure that they will face with Leatu Latu and just all those guys they have up front. And I think it'd be a real opportunity to prove yourself that we are not just... We don't beat up on just bad teams. We can go up against good defenses and be an imposing offense in that way as well. So what's the question? Do you feel... (laughs) What side of the ball is more crucial to the Buffs' success? Their offense going against UCLA's loaded defense or their defense going against UCLA's offense. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's the bread and butter of this team. Um, They go as the offense goes. And to me, you're not going to win this game. 17-13? Yeah. Yeah. show, Show me a game where we win 14 to 10 and our defense balls out and I'll start believing that. Yeah, and I mean, it's so rare in college football, period. Um, I think, what was it? Is, is it UCLA's undefeated under Chip Kelly when they allow us in 25 points? I think it's 20 points. 20 points? Yeah. That's because it almost never happens. So if you do that, that means you clamped down. Um, so this is the Pac-12. You got to score points. The offense has to go out there and ball. And, and if Shador gets into a rhythm early, then... At the very least, this thing's going out of the wire. Well, I will say this is going to be a home game. Yes, it There's will. There's going to be more CU fans there than UCLA fans. <laughs> and, like, you remember when we moved to the Pac-12 and they were like, we've got such a great alumni base in California. Well, now they're activated. Mm-hmm. We just didn't activate them for the first 
15 years of the Pac-12. Yep. Now they've been activated, and they're gonna. I guarantee you that place is just thick with black and gold. Yep. Good. Take it over and make it really loud. When you look at UCLA's two losses, they both lost. They lost turnover battle in both of those games. Uh, two very different games, though. It was 14 to seven. They lost to Utah, and then I believe it was 33-25. They lost to Oregon State. But turnovers, man. CU's only created one turnover the last three games. And that's the thing is UCLA on offense. If UCLA played offense the way they play defense, they'd be a national title contender. Oh yeah, they'd be Washington. But they don't. They don't have the quarterback. They have backs, and they've got a good offensive line. But it's they are so reliant on the run game that if you can stop it or slow it, and just just force them into third and five, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just earn the right to rush the passer this week up front. If they do that, then there's I think they have a legitimate chance in this football game. I really do, because it's not like they're unbeatable. I I think there's a lot of really good teams in the Pac twelve, but there's only one elite one. And I think UCLA is another good team. Yeah. I mean that's what they are. They're good. Like Washington is elite. I think Washington's gonna win the Pac twelve, be undefeated and go to the playoff, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win the national title, to be honest with you. They're damn good. Yeah, they're really good. I have a feeling they're going to lose a game in the Pac-12. Pac-12 cannibalization. Yep. But have you seen the rest of like Utah's schedule? Holy God, man. Their schedule is ruthlessly hard. Yeah. I mean, that's... They, they still have to play Washington still, us. Yeah, the, that's the Pac-12 this year. Yeah, man, There's honestly rough. no days off. It's a good thing. Yep. Uh, it makes you wonder why the conference can't figure out how to sign a TV deal. Great job, Commissioner. I bet you that if they had a chance to <laughs> redo it right now, they'd Thanks. be able to get it done. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, it, look, coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yep. To the Big 12 we go. Thank God. Yep. Shout out to the Pac-12 Network for the demise of... Larry Scott is the person you Well, yeah, of course. Out. Thanks, Larry. Do you Appreciate see what you, happens, Larry. Larry? Do you see what happens, Larry? <laughs> when you fuck the Pac-12? All right, anything else on this game? I mean... Gonna, I think we're going to win. You do think so? I do. Yes, I do. I do as well. And really? I, I don't know what the over-under is, but I put a 1000 bucks on them to beat TCU. That was a nice day. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm probably going to go back down that road on Saturday, I think. I put a lot less than that on them to beat TCU. And, and it was still, still awesome. It was still awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fun day. Yeah, so I think Saturday will be the same. I just, for some reason, I think UCLA is... A little cocky and they think that we're not very good and they're talking that shit and they're again you're all soft to me it's just the <laughs> softest football program in the history of football program when somebody tells me they played at UCLA I'm like oh that's cute that's such a you and your cute little teddy bear mascot and your cute little <laughs> uniforms and your cute big stadium that no one goes to and cute LA it's so cute who would you guys rather play against Dante Moore or Ethan Garbers more really mm. yep i want the the volatility the inexperienced guy yeah i i'll, I'll say more too because he does turn the ball over uh, he's good so there's two he's good one thing that was consistent in both of ucla's losses uh, they lost the turnover battle um and more is super talented i mean super talented mm-hmm. but gets him in you, trouble garbers is more of a game manager yep um and i want the volatility i want you know you need yeah, a bad decision cam jumps of a route pick six like that's those are the things that change games and that that's the thing is i think i think they need to score on all three fronts like i don't want to see any fair caught kickoffs everything gets returned if you catch the ball dylan's got to try to return dog. one man like it, I don't, if you catch the ball return it if you catch the ball in the end zone is it automatically fair caught do they uh, just stop it? No. You can just take off, ground, right? Though. Yeah. Good. Well, then it. just take off. Let's see what happens. Like, there's nothing. I, I need to see some fake punts. I need to see a fake field goal. I need to see trick plays. I need to see the defense engage eight Madden style and just go to town. <laughs> I, for real. I, we need pick sixes, special teams touchdowns, and the offense to go ball. And you'll be singing the fight song Saturday night. Or all eyes on me. Either one works. I love that girls club. I'm watching TCU highlights. Hoping to conjure the winning spirit of that game. Let's go. There's also something else that will be happening on Saturday that will uh, conjure the winning spirit of TCU. What's that? You'll see. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, that's right. Like a cliffhanger? Yeah. Nice, good. I think I'd rather face Ethan Garbers, though. Okay. This is a guy who's played in 
23 career games. He has only thrown for 973 yards, seven touchdowns, and six interceptions. In 23 <laughs> okay, wow. games? I expect to. Okay, that's not back. starts. I don't know how play, many starts there is. Play this but, bum. I mean, he started, I'm pretty sure, most of the 2021 season. I mean, if he's playing in 23 games, he's not just, they didn't blow everybody out. Maybe so I just in. didn't do, because I watched last week. Yeah. Um, and so I saw the Ethan Garbers. That was 20 of 28. How about both of them? For 240 yards, two touchdowns. We might and, see both. And no interceptions. That was game management to me. Yeah. So before is. last week, he had only thrown five touchdowns and 22 starts? Not Those aren't starts. Those are just games played. Okay. But again, they, used to, they didn't just blow everybody out 22 times and no. he goes in. No. Okay. Well, five touchdowns and 22 starts. That's not good. So Dante Moore on the season. 10 touchdowns to seven interceptions. Uh, Garbers on the season, three touchdowns to two interceptions. So I guess I take back what I said. Uh, I don't care which one you Give me Garbers because he's not really actually <laughs> managing the game. He just did a really good job managing the game last week. But I guess since he was two to zero last week, that means that he was one touchdown to two interceptions before last week. Well, mm -hmm. I think a lot of what's happening is people are looking at the fact that UCLA played Stanford last week and just beat the dog out of them. And CU could have done the same. CU did the same thing. Yep. They did it for half only. Like CU could have beat Stanford sixty to nothing if they had their shit together in the second half. Yep. So if UCLA can beat them forty-two to seven, then CU can run with UCLA. There's absolutely no reason. There's not that much of a talent difference. There's a scheme difference. The defense for UCLA plays better as a unit. They've been together longer. But I, I'm not going to sit here and like act like UCLA is unbeatable. They got two losses, bro. I mean, give me a fucking break with this. The, the the UCLA hype train, that shit ends Saturday at Here, the Rose Bowl at a, a buff home game. Here's the uh, here's the big difference between Garbers <clears throat> and Moore. Garbers, 67% completions. Yep. Moore, 51. Yep. Yeah, so now you're going to switch again and go back to Moore? I'm thinking about yeah, it. I think you should. <laughs> I think you should have just rolled it the whole time, Doug. I mean, it just highlights the key that we talked about in the first segment. You got to stop the run. This is obviously their bread and butter. That is the only. That is the key of the game. Yep. If they, they can't run the ball, they can't win. Yep. So they, if that's all they have to do is walk into the D line room, RK, and say, "Hey, uh, everyone in here, if they can't run the ball, they can't win." It's a challenge to you. This is crazy. Every running back on their roster is averaging over five yards a carry. Yep. Carson Steele, 5.3 yards per carry on 113 carries. Harden, uh, 5.7 yards per carry on Damn. 68 carries. Uh, Adkins, 23 carries, 6.6 yards per carry. Good God. Uh, there's a guy named Yankoff, which... Carson hey. Yankoff? Or what's his name? I don't know. But that's Colson wild. Yankoff, that's what it is. Pause. Uh, <laughs> 13 carries, 6.4 yards per carry. I mean, they're just got... I know what this is, right? This is crazy. What? The, just uh, <laughs> so yeah, they've uh, kids these days. They're running the ball like <clears throat> I. I said this though. The Buffs in games where they knew their opponent wanted to run the ball have been really good at stopping it. Yep. And look, ten other than Oregon, this mm -hmm. this is the perfect upset. They just played the team that we lost to. They killed them. We've had ten days off to just sit on it. While they're sitting there just, you know, loving it. So I'm telling you, bro, this this it's lining up perfectly for UCLA to fall flat on their face and Colorado to walk out there with a huge win. They're gonna lose somebody they weren't supposed to, and they're gonna beat somebody they weren't supposed to. And right now, everybody looks beatable but Utah to me. Okay. There you go. All right, shout out to our friends over at Game Time. This game is sold out. They haven't taken off more tarps, they haven't announced, have they? They're up to seventy thousand. So they went from sixty seven to seventy. So there you go. You're welcome. Um, they're UCLA. making extra room for y'all. Head on over to Game Time. Get your tickets. Uh, get not, in for like one ten right now. And well, you get twenty dollars off. You sign up with the code Buffs B U F F S. So you can get in for ninety. Yep. Uh, game Time is the best, not just for games, uh, but also concerts, events, basically anything you need a ticket to. Check out Game Time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account. Use that code Buffs. B-U-F-F-S for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code BUFFS for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guarantee. And shout out to our new friends at Soul Savvy. Do we have any sneaker heads in the chat? This one's for you. Uh, don't miss out on the biggest sneaker drops and download the Soul Savvy Drops app. 
Uh, makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news, releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. Uh, this Saturday, October 28th, the Jordan 12 cherries are dropping. So check out Soul Savvy. Sign up for Soul Savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash dmvr or head on over to the app store and download the drops by Soul Savvy app today. I'm always impressed when you do these reads. <clears throat> That was first try, too. <laughs> that was. That was pretty good for Thank first you. try. One, one I got to give it Jake. to you. Thank you. One take, Jake. Uh, yesterday, you talked to our friend Ted, who's been writing a series on the history of Folsom Field. Yes. Uh, so we had a little pre-recorded segment here. <clears throat> Just so you guys know, this is only a small snippet of it. Um, so I think this is about 10 minutes. We ended up going to about 30. So we're going to release the whole conversation uh, on the YouTube channel later if you enjoy it. Uh, I have to, I'm have to. i getting a kick out of um, the contrast between Ted and Matt mm-hmm. um, because they couldn't be two more different people, yep. but connected by a common thread. Uh, Bust, I, baby. I don't think it actually made it into this part of the interview, but I told him he is one of three people in my life that I trust to care about the buffs as much as I do. Mm-hmm. It's him, Matt, and Bryce Badwin, who you guys have seen on this show right, before, baby. too. Um, so... That's not doesn't mean that there's no one else. Those are just the three that I know for sure. Yeah. Um, so it, 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 I, I like the contrast here, and I love uh, what we all have in common. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoy this. And make sure you check out Ted's series on the website. Um, it's, it's called Folsom's First Century. Uh, and it's, uh, it's really, really enlightening stuff. So yep. let's roll the You're tape. You're the man, Ted. Speaking of lists, give me a list of like some of the most interesting things you've learned that maybe most people don't know. Right. Well, the most interesting thing that I learned is that I think we owe the greatest tradition in college sports, Ralphie's run before the game, to the design of Folsom Field. Folsom Field used to have a running track around it, and there was a lot more space on the sidelines than there is now. Ralphie's first season was 1966, and there had been other Buffalo. There was a Buffalo called Mr. Chips, (laughs) which presages our very own chip. And there was an unnamed Buffalo that they had at the first game where they were called the Buffaloes in 1934, which was a pretty big game in itself. They beat Utah for the first time in a decade and won a conference title because of it. No name but ever. What? The Buffalo was the never Buffalo was a name. not named. If <laughs> How it was, does that happen? I, I guess people didn't care about animals as much back then. <laughs> but in, by the 1966, Ralphie had a name, and she was walked around the running track during the game kind of the way that they parade Bevo around or Cam the Ram or any other live mascot that's not as cool. And that was all they did. And then the next year, Folsom was expanded, not up, but down. They dug out about 20 feet and lowered the stands down about 10 rows so that it comes right down to the sideline, as you see today. They added about 5,000 seats that way. What did that mean? There was no space on the sideline for Ralphie to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I think that that tradition could have been a one-off and died out just like the other Buffalo that they had had before Ralphie. But somebody had the ingenious idea to say, well, if we can't have her go around the field, why don't we run her on the field before the game? And that's why Ralphie won starts in 1966, but the first Ralphie run was not until 1967. Nobody has Mm. confirmed this to me, but looking at all the information, that's absolutely what happened. I love it. I love the theory. Um, I love that there's someone like you who's even having a theory about this. Yeah, I had never <laughs> had any thoughts about it until I did this, and I looked at the pictures, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's why this happened. It was quite a eureka <clears throat> moment. Also, unnamed Buffalo, <laughs> great name for a bar or a band. Unnamed Buffalo, <laughs> yeah. Buffalo to be named later. Yes. Traded or for, like Traded for Buffalo to be named later. There was uh, the no-name bar in Boulder. That's before my time. Okay, well, I it, guess. It, it existed. You probably just didn't know about it. This wasn't well branded. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if it had had it, maybe if it had had a name. But I'm just gonna now believe that that bar was not actually named No Name Bar. It was named after the Buffalo without a name. Yeah, I've been through the desert on a Buffalo with no name. There you go. Um, could have been a number. Could have been a number one. There's been a lot of talk about expanding the stadium this year with yes, all of our sellouts, and that's something one. that I want to talk about. Really quick on yeah. the West Side renovation. Yeah, yeah. I said this on the show last week when we were talking about it. I'm like, I'm excited for it, but I'm also just so attached to Folsom mm-hmm. that like I said to the to the guys, I was like, 
if they change nothing ever, I wouldn't care. Right. Like me too. Like I don't keep the tro- keep the troughs. Yes. Yes. I don't need. I never like to sit during a game, so I don't need seats with cup holders and chair backs and all of that. Like I prefer to stand anyway. Yep. Um, that's one thing that changed this year is the loop, the greatest loophole in college sports is now gone because the support is so crazy in the student section that you need a student ticket to get in, which you'd think you would have always needed that. But RK and I like to sneak in yeah. in our adulthood, but that's over now. Sneaking in is a is a uh, a very um, intense way of putting it, considering we've just been walking in. Yeah, well, nobody, nobody, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Um, I, I, you know, I talked to you about it. I've said it on the show. I was literally doing that since I was 13 when my sister was in college. Yeah. Um, My first field rush, and I could talk about it in part five, was I was 11 years old. It was the Texas Tech game in 2006, the first mm. win of the Dan Hawkins era. I snuck into the student section with my friend in the second half, and we ended up being a part of that field storm. That is the baby blue game, right? No, I think that was 2009. Okay, but that was also Texas Tech. Yes. Okay. Maybe uh, it was Texas A&M. Um, anyway. Could have been. I don't no, know. people were still optimistic about Dan Hawkins in 2006. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so yeah, like now I'm having to learn. There's like good and bad. Like I'm actually sitting in my seats. Um, which are in a pretty good spot. And I'm like, be, I'm becoming that person who's like friends with all of the people in their section. It's like a very That's good. adult thing. Yes. To do. Like, it's like, oh, yes, Connie, good to see you yes, again. Exactly. Oh, yes, Jim, hi. Yeah, everyone walks in. And, and, but the good thing is um, they all just like buy me drinks. Well, they should. <laughs> I mean, you're like one of the biggest flag wavers for this program. <clears throat> oh, I don't even know if it's about that though. It's just like a camaraderie of the section thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm going to get a drink. You want one? It's like that's true. Yeah, that's true. These guys next to me, like, know someone in the stadium. They just get like uh, cardboard boxes full of drinks delivered. To wow, them. that's definitely that's definitely living right. <laughs> yes. But you can't probably stand the whole game. Although this year, people have been standing for pretty much the whole game. It's like seventy uh, thirty. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Yeah. Which is pretty good. Okay. So, yeah. Attendance. Attendance. Well, obviously, this year, the Buffs have set a record with selling out every game. Previously, they had never sold out every game in a season. Just kind of crazy when you think about it, how good really they were crazy. in the 90s. They would sell out, like, all their conference games, but they'd play Northeast Louisiana State or whatever, and they would have 48,000 people in there, the 94, 95. Like, that was just the way it was. Yep. Um, Boulder's always been an interesting market. It's had moments of intense passion for the buffs the early 70s was something i cover they expanded the stadium and they sold out all the season tickets and they almost sold out every game in 1972 but there's also been moments where it's been harder to draw now that they're selling out a lot of people have said why don't we expand the stadium i am on team let's pump the brakes on that for a second because i think demand is a good thing and sometimes perception of a scarcity can do things like create higher ticket prices, which create mm-hmm. more revenue. You don't want a problem where you're having to discount tickets or try to give them away. Now, that's not a problem that you're going to have the next couple of years, but I tend to take a long view of things. I am so hopeful that the demand for this program will be where it is right now in five years and in 10 years and whenever Coach Prime decides to retire. But I don't know that for sure, and I just tend to be a cautious type. However, <laughs> can confirm. I have one proposal that is a bit sacrilegious, but I think would improve everything about the way that the concessions work in the stadium. Oh, everything about the way that like the scoreboards, which I think we're getting a new scoreboard next year anyway. But okay. this would probably allow you to put a bigger one. It's a bit sacrilegious, though. You know our south end zone. Mm-hmm. The point after which the club level stops and where it gets small, like half the height, I would completely demolish that. The whole south side? The whole south, because remember, Folsom's built into the ground, so the first level, you don't do that. You demolish the part that's above ground. Oh, okay, okay. And then you build differently than you built. You know how there's all that empty space underneath the club level where we have the concourse now on the east side? You build something. Yes. You build. You build up like that so that it matches the height. And then you build underneath. And then you build your concessions and everything like that, where there's currently no amenities whatsoever in that mm-hmm. south end zone. You build them there, and doing that, you don't actually block the view of the mountains if you build up that high, at least not unless you're in like the first like five rows, which you don't have much of a view anyway. And then you could have more bathrooms, more concessions, and you could 
fit a scoreboard in there that wouldn't be a huge <laughs> like thing tacked on on top, you can have it in the top part of that edition without raising the overall profile. And that would probably get you another five, 10,000 seats. I That's the only way I would do it. <clears throat> I think it's a good idea. And I just go back to what I said earlier. Like, it's so, it would be like if you're, when you're talking about like, see you changing uniforms. Right. And it's like, you could do something really cool. Right. But you could also just mess up something that's perfect. They uh, have done some really cool things this year that we've, like the gold face mask, the gold uniforms that they did in the first game with the gold lettering. Wait till you see what they're wearing this week. Ooh, that's a nice tease. But <laughs> they've also done some things I wasn't crazy about. The Nebraska uniforms I wasn't crazy about. But like, it can be good. I am shocked that I arrived at that conclusion because I'm Mr. Tradition. Yeah. But the way that I look at it, you'd still have a piece of that original 1956 facade on the east side like that's not going anywhere right but then you could just open it up you could build a nice new facade and it wouldn't really build out too far towards the street like if you think about it you yeah. could actually keep it pretty much within where it is now but you just have space underneath yeah right so you you're basically just getting that same effect of like a tunnel yeah. that goes on i mean it it makes sense because they're gonna what do about... so, that's what they're gonna do on the west side i think is something like that i think it's gonna be a pass-through yeah i think so too yeah. so you could just wrap the whole thing that's what i would do um how do you feel about closing in the uh, northwest side? It's fine. They can do that. If they want to turn that into another club area, that's fine. That's what, I, that's what I would do. I think those seats that are the furthest part of that side of the, of the west side of the stadium, so the furthest north seats, yeah. are the only bad seats that exist in Folsom. But now, that's why we give them to the visitors. So then where do you put the visitors? That's the only problem. Well, you could still put them over in that corner, but you would just... <laughs> It would just look better, and you wouldn't have a situation where, like, there's only, like, a couple seats where you're actually far away from the field, and they're those. Yeah, but that's why we don't sit there. That's why we put the Nebraska fans there. Totally, and I'm in on that. You live in L.A. Yes, I do. Um, you have been to games at the Rose Bowl? Yes, I have. That's where the Buffs are playing this week. Yes, it is. I have been hard on the uh, UCLA fan base. You should be. And somehow they're going to put 70,000 people in there this weekend. I wonder why. So I'm curious for you, who's someone who is very invested in attendance numbers. I and sure am. Splits and things like that. What do you expect? Uh, I expect that it will bring out a lot of very curious people who just want to see it. A lot of L.A. people who may not have a strong rooting interest one way or another. But you got to look at UCLA. They can't draw against ranked opponents unless it's USC. Like You can't give away tickets in that stadium unless it's USC. Now, that's going to change when they play in the Big Ten, and they're just going to get invaded every week. But I think it'll be 30% CU fans. Honest 30%. Like, not, oh, it was, like, not, not people who said it would be 30% Nebraska fans. I think we're actually going to have 30% CU fans there. And I hope, they, I hope they give them a good show because this is a huge game. Yep. But it's crazy. Like, tickets are so expensive. I'm not even sure I'm going to be able to go after taking this trip out here this week. It was like 100 earlier this week, and I was like, ah, oh, maybe it'll go down. It's like 200 now. Crazy, just to get in, and this That's is how UCLA. I about going to the game last night. Man, Folsom Field, uh, this the stories that come out of that stadium and where it's come from. Oh, yeah, it's amazing, man. Yeah, it was fun talking to Ted. Um, also, Matt had to leave, yeah, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we didn't like eat him or anything. He um, would have eat us, bro. We yeah, can't, that's true. We can't, do so that. even if it was, uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just cut, just get that over with. Um, yeah, shout out to Ted. Like I said, we'll release the full uh, clip onto the channel. Um, really, really, really knowledgeable CU fan. And someone who just has a different outlook on things. Like yeah. He thinks about things like attendance and stadium upgrades and stuff a lot more than I do. So uh, it was. Uh, that's why I wanted to have his perspective on here. Uh, and just one more time, I got to promote the series. Yep, if you haven't out. been following it, Folsom First Century. It's going to be a six-part series, one for each home game. And uh, the way that it has been going uh, is we're releasing one before each home game. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> so next week, uh, part five coming out. And then finally, part six will uh, round out the series. But uh, shout out to Ted for coming by the bar and giving us some time while he was in town for the uh, Nuggets ring ceremony. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, man, it's awesome. A hundred years of Folsom, and obviously a lot of things have changed this season with Coach Prime, but it feels like Folsom is about to take its next step also with what they've been talking about too. So, Yeah, I am excited to see what they do on the west side. 
Me too. Uh, and I think Ted's idea of keeping it open air, like all the way around and, and wrapping those seats, is actually a really good idea. Um, but it, I really just don't want Folsom to look like a new stadium. Yeah. Like you can update it, but in the end, it still just needs to look like Folsom. Yep. That's all I care about. Uh, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be interesting. They definitely need that West side to be fixed though. All right, shout out to our friends at Backus and Shanker. If you get hurt, they are here to help. They've been helping Colorado families win for 25 years. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients. They got neighborhood offices all over the city. Uh, no fees to speak with them about your case. No fees while they work on your case. And no fees unless they win your case and win money for you. If you need to sue, smash the two. Set up a consultation today. 222-2222. They help with all kinds of injury cases where you weren't at fault. Car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks, even if you're hurt at work. Give them a call. Bacchus and Shanker wins. All right. All right. Who's up first? Also, they were setting an over-under on F-bombs for Matt before the show. He went way under, I feel. Yeah, they set it at nine and a half. DCB was counting. Only four. <laughs> That's still impressive <coughs> in, what, 35 minutes or however long he was uh, on? I think we got four from Zach Stevens on the Broncos pod today. Whoa. <laughs> I love your, both of you had the same reaction. It's a new era for the Broncos show. He had show. like two in the first minute. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, with the way things have been going for them, I kind of don't blame him. So, yep. uh, who's up first? Uh, on Savion coming back, I think it's massive. Desperately I mean, needed. That's what this offensive line has been built around: is those two guys who are just mountains on the outside, and then of course Van in the center. We know the guards are the weak points, but now you get one of your best overall offensive linemen, if not your best offensive lineman, back. So yeah, uh, and that's. It's between him and Van. Um, both of their their uh, losses were desperately felt. Although I do, I still have to give credit to Reggie Young, who played really well late against Stanford. Um, but you got you want Savion. He's the guy that they yeah. went out and got for. Uh, Girls Club's talking about the documentary. The Coach Prime trailer came out. Saw the trailer. Saw the trailer. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for sure. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, I have to throw this out right now so I, I don't forget at the end of the show. I know we have uh, a lot of listeners in L.A. We potentially, I hope this isn't the case, we might have nine hours to kill in L.A. tomorrow. All right. We have a car. Mm-hmm. What should we do? Yeah, let us know. <laughs> we, we need ideas. Um, I was joking with Alyssa. I was like, we could drive to San Diego, go hang out oh there for a God. while and drive back in no. all that time. <laughs> no, we would be lifeless on the pregame show. Yeah, no, I was mostly joking about that. <laughs> but um, we need ideas of things to do in L.A. if we have to kill time tomorrow. Hopefully we get an early check in to our Airbnb because we have a extremely early flight in the morning, which was not my fault. <laughs> and... Uh, um, so yeah, we're getting there early, getting a car, and then we need some some things to do. DMVR takes over LA. Yep. Or ventures across LA yeah. for ten hours. <laughs> uh beach day, yeah, for sure. That's what I said. Go to the beach, man. May as well, especially when it's, it's fifty degrees out here. It's kind of weird like a beach day where you can't like settle into your place. Yeah. What are we all gonna change into our swimsuits in the minivan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm fine with just sitting on a towel or something and just being on the beach, though. Just beach vibes, man. I'll, I'd rather go to like, oh, shit, I'm the one who's supposed to drive. <laughs> I was going to say I'd rather go to like a beach bar. <laughs> uh, next question. 5280, Ivan. Uh, question for Matt, but realistically, how many NFL guys do we have on our current roster? Of course, you start with Travis and Shador. Those are shoe wins. Zay, mm -hmm. definite. Uh, he mentioned, Shiloh. and he mentioned Van Wells too. Van Wells is a good one. Coach called Savion a pro. Yep. Um, Omari and Cooper. Dylan Edwards. Dylan Edwards for sure. I throw Omari and Cooper in there. Yep. Cam. Yep. Hank. A chance. And, and, and it just depends on where you draw the line. Like, are you talking NFL camp invite? Are you talking draft pick? Or making are the you roster. talking making the roster and playing in games? 
Um, so it just depends on where you draw the line. But a lot of these guys are going to get opportunities, especially because they have so much more exposure than they used to. Mm -hmm. um, Sh don't count out Mark Vissette. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's an NFL punter right there. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Bishop has that ability. Yep. Uh, Jordan Dominic has that ability. Sure. Cormani, uh, when it comes to ability, of course, has the ability. So there's there's a lot of guys who I think are going to get. Um, Jimmy Horn. Yep, of course. Amarian Miller. Well, I was going to say, when you get to the freshman, though, it gets obviously a little hairy because we're projecting a lot more at that point. Yeah, I'm only going to project guys that I've seen it from. Right. And I and I saw it from Cormani. Mm -hmm. He put the clamps on USC. Yep. We'll see though. It sounds like already at least ten to fifteen easily that we just named right there. So it, it's crazy. We had what six guys that we covered or I covered at the pro day back in March. Yep. And none of them got drafted. Some of them have hung around, but pro days are going to be a lot more fun moving forward. That's for sure. Uh, super chat from the Bex family ballers. Appreciate your super chat. Says, I hope this team is locked in and focused for four quarters. What is the matchup to watch? Who must we stop on offense? Must lock in for four quarters. I mean, they haven't played a complete game since week one. A full four consecutive strong quarters to their full potential. Yep. The matchup to watch is in the trenches. Mm -hmm. Both sides of the ball. Can Colorado stop the run? And can they protect Shador? Yep. And all that also and run the ball a little. Generating pressure too. You got to be able to force these quarterbacks. We just went over the stats in the second segment. Um, they aren't world beaters. They of course rely on the run game. So force them to beat you. Force them into uncomfortable situations. Super chat from Josh. RK, you still got eligibility. We need you out there, bro. I don't think I do. <laughs> I don't think I do. But I appreciate that. Where would you line up if you did? <clears throat> Tight end. Yeah. I would say quarterback, but I think we're solved there. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Justin with the super chat. Hi, all. I'm not trying to dwell on the past, but no one has covered this. Why are we still playing OT wrong? If they do it Saturday, I will lose my mind. Um, I, I, There's really no proof to say they did it wrong. It worked once. It didn't work the other time. Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about the switching of sides, though, I don't know when that changed. No, they just changed that rule. I don't know when, but yeah. I, why aren't they switching sides of the field, though? It might be this. It's the same thing as why they aren't alternating. Think about it this way. Uh, no, because then it would, no. They just don't have to alternate anymore. I don't know. It must be one of those things that they said would, like, speed up the game. But that used to be like an advantage, like having your opponent play into the student section or into the it, south side. Yeah. yeah. If you make it second overtime, they've got to go the other way or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah, uh, it's a bummer. Um, one of the coolest things, uh, and, and Ted would be proud that I brought this up because he loves talking about it too. One of the coolest things I've ever seen at Folsom was an overtime game in which the stadium was pretty empty. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was they went the other way and everyone in the stadium moved. Was that the Oregon State one in like 2021? Uh, it happened there. And then it also happened um, one other time. But it was like the only good thing you could say about the stadium not being full. Yeah. Is everyone just started packing in uh, down the sidelines to bring the noise over there. I was like, man, that's like that's like true fan IQ right there. Mm -hmm. It was sick. I, I can't help but feel like they just messed up college overtime too much, though. I do, too. I do, too. The t alternating two-point conversions thing sucks. I don't like that. No. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Matt Manning with the question. Asked about the three keys of success for CU before Matt left. One for each of you. Since he left, we'll say his is CU has to stop the run. What's one key from each of you guys for CU to leave LA with a W? I'll say turnovers. You got to win this turnover battle. You got to get back to forcing at least two or three turnovers. I'm going to say Shador gets sacked less than four times. Uh, UCLA is averaging like 3.8 sacks per game. They're okay. like eighth in the nation in sacks. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. The, the front is legit. Latu and Grayson Murphy are dogs. Yeah, got to keep him off his back. Uh, maybe I'll go up to four then. Less, or less than five. I mean, anything would be a, an improvement. 
Did right. I get his name wrong? It's not Grayson Alyssa, Murphy. did you see any good uh, suggestions for us of what to do in L.A.? Yeah, what do we got? I thought of golf. Yeah, we. I mean, we are on Southwest, so we could, we could all bring an extra bag. <laughs> Anything else? When does this first heavy snowfall? We're getting snow on Sunday potentially. The first the heavy weather. snowfall, though, that's uh, that's unpredictable. Um, but we usually say that Halloween is when you have to start watching out for snow, and it's going to be almost perfectly lined up with that this year. Forecasted for snow on Saturday now too. Yep. People said in and out. We have in and out uh, here. See, I'm gonna just offend people if I give my in and out take. <laughs> just it's overrated. That's how I'll just say it. It's overrated. <laughs> I love in and out. It's not my favorite, but I still love it. It's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the clubs, Josh says. I don't know what clubs are open out there. Oh yeah. Where are the day 12? clubs at? Yeah, noon. Um. But I guess anything's on the table. I'm that it? I'm regretting that I have to drive the car. Because finding like a bar by the beach would have been the move. Who knows? Maybe we'll find something by the Airbnb. Hopefully we just also, get in early. The Airbnb. Yeah. Also, we need Rex for uh, Pasadena. Because I think yep. tomorrow night we'll, we'll be out in Pasadena. All right. Come hang out then. Well, I will. Jake's going to be soft and go to bed. <laughs> I mean, dude, after I get my two hours here of sleep come, tonight. Here come the excuses. <laughs> I'm just saying. Here come the excuses. I need a, I'm going to need a nap tomorrow, bro. Anything right. else? Hit the Hollywood sign? No. We can't, we can't do that. <laughs> Let's go take basic-ass pictures of the holiday, <laughs> the Hollywood sign. <laughs> People are getting on you for the In-N-Out yeah, take. I, I told you it would, it would uh, offend people. What's the place, Alyssa? The sushi place? Yeah. Sugarfish. That's Sugar where we're fish. going to we're going to Sugarfish for dinner tomorrow night. I'm so stoked. Great. It was Alyssa's idea, so credit to her. Genius. All right. Uh we got a long day coming up, but we'll be back tomorrow from the team hotel doing the pregame show. Uh we never know who stops by. It's gonna be a fun time again. Yeah, excited for that for sure. All right, guys. We'll be back to uh be back then. Let's go buffs. Love you guys, go buffs. Y'all silly like the mayor.